Hello, and welcome to another episode of Whole and Complete Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shantae, and Whole and Complete is all about faith and wellness, loving God and living well. We are in the middle of a series, the dating series to be precise, and I really appreciate your responses and your sharing of the previous episode because apparently it just rang a bell with many of you because that episode is just climbing. So I appreciate you. And for those of you who are new to Whole and Complete, welcome. This is a series-based podcast and every three, four weeks or so, we find ourselves in a new series. And so we are in the dating series and we have already done part one and this is part two. So if you did not hear part one, I encourage you to run back. Having said that, our guiding scripture for this episode is the same as it was last time, which is James chapter one, verse five. And it says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, meaning without rebuke, without shame, no problem, and it will be given him. So if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without any shade and it will be given him. Bam. Don't, don't, don't let me get like a rewrite of revisionist of the Bible because that would be so funny. So, so full of trap phrases as educated as I am, you know, still. A little bit of South Side Ratchet, South Side of Chicago. But anywho, <laughs> anywho, so I figured the way that we would structure today's episode, we are going to be talking about my tale of woe. <laughs> I'm joking. It's not, it's not a tale of woe, but it, it certainly has an interesting story arc. So I'm going to go ahead and get my piece of this puzzle out of the way so that hopefully by the end of the episode, you will have forgotten all about it. And then we are going to get some dueling perspectives. I've gotten some tangible, actual feedback from men and women, uh, those married, those who are single, about some very specific aspects of dating. And I will be sharing those with you towards the middle and end of the episode. So here we go. In order for you to understand my story, and I suspect so many of you, so many of your stories As it relates to dating, I have to take you back to slavery. Yes, slavery, the plantation. Don't adjust, don't adjust your dial. (laughs) Don't change the channel. I literally said that I can trace my dating perspectives literally back to the plantation. And I am going to explain that right now. Just stay with me. Okay. So slavery the the institution thereof, American slavery, created a number of really toxic dynamics to say the very least. But some of the most enduring of those dynamics is that it kind of set up these archetypes for white femininity and black femininity, right? And so white femininity was built on fragility, like this fragile, delicate flower, this delicate creature. She cannot fend for herself. And so she needs like a man's protection and she needs to be supported and, and all of those things. And so slavery actually set up that ar- archetype because there was a lot of socializing and trying to define what a quote unquote real woman was, what a true woman was, what a beautiful woman was and what it was to be a woman in those days and and what it was to be feminine in those days. And of course there had to be like this stark contrast. White femininity was literally established from a place of fragility, which means black femininity was archetyped from a place of strength. Okay. 
So when we talk about strong black woman and strong independent woman, like that whole thing, y'all, that is straight out of the plantation. Okay. And so essentially this strong black woman was designed, conditioned, socialized to be a caregiver. Okay. So a caretaker, a, a person who nurtures the needs and whims and desires and hopes of other people that that was how the black woman in terms of like strength was able to support people in doing that while at the same time putting her needs on the back burner or abandoning them all together and not needing anybody's help someone who didn't cry at the drop of a hat in other words she was strong so black femininity from those days was strong and mighty, whereas white femininity was supposed to be like delicate and fragile. And if you have not read it already, I certainly encourage you to get the book Too Heavy a Yoke, Black Women and the Burden of Strength by Shaniqua Walker Barnes. And I want to read this excerpt to you to kind of underscore everything that I just said. So here she talks about like that, that key difference uh, between black and white femininity. She says a true woman then was one who was innocent, passive, incapable of navigating the outside world and utterly dependent upon men for financial support and protection. She was the one who maintained a semblance of perpetual childhood. In other words, she was weak, especially when viewed against the backdrop of the perceived physical and emotional strength of black women. So again, it's talking about how drastically different those dynamics were. And so black women obviously were excluded from that definition. They were not considered delicate or dainty or fragile or what have you. So she goes on to write that their exclusion from the cult, that is that cult of true womanhood and fragility, their exclusion from the cult had left them with an oppositional gaze toward it. Like others, they had internalized the notion of white women's weakness and they wanted no part of it. Indeed, they did not believe it possible for black women to be weak. So there it is, folks. So that trope, that identity, that generational rhetoric that we have passed down from generation to generation, even up to right now, as I speak to you, is very much rooted in American slavery. So what does that have to do with dating? Stay with me. So when I tell you I have not dated in years, I mean years, (laughs) I mean like maybe 26, no, 2017 ish. Yeah. So it was like five years. I have been off the market, not dating, not thinking about dating. And it's like, what Dr. Shante? Like, how is that possible? Because I have been led to believe that I was strong and independent and I didn't have those types of concerns. It was weak for a black woman to say, I need a man or I want a man because I, as the strong black woman, should be able to self-manage and be my own companion and be my own best friend and take myself out on dates and live my best life solo dolo. Hello, somebody? Am I am I on your pew? Am I am I in your neighborhood? Am I driving around your block at least? So I was able to kind of like put those notions out of my head to a degree because I was led to believe that it was a cardinal sin for a black woman to be like, I need a man. But what 
seemed to be obfuscated from that conversation was, okay, but did I want one? Like, am I able as a quote unquote, strong black woman able to have the full range of human experience, which might include a desire for companionship? Am I able to have a full range of human experience or do I have to stuff and disappear and snuff out parts of my identity in order for me to be accepted in the sisterhood of strong black womanhood? Y'all, it could get real deep today and it might be either either it's going to be a long episode or it's going to be like a part three and then like a part four of this episode because this must come out. Okay, this must come out. That That mindset, that toxic mindset, it really just kind of kept me occupied so you know instead of really busying myself with trying to be back on the market or being in a relationship or anything like that you know I did this type of stuff (laughs) I created podcasts I started businesses was doing coaching and giving keynotes and trying to excel in my career you know I just I put those things like having a a companion or a life partner or whatever I had put those notions straight out of my head and I figured okay I figured that, hey, if he's out there, whoever he is, then he's going to like spot me from across a crowded room, right? Like he's going to see me at the grocery store or working out in the gym, maybe even though back in them days, I really was not working out in the gym. You know, these past two years, I've been on it. But you know, prior to them past two years, mm, that the my health was not the priority that it is today. Let's just say that, you know, but yeah, he could spot me in the gym or maybe at a a local school event. Like if that person quote unquote is out there, they're supposed to see me work up the nerve to come and talk to me and then see if there's like magic and and chemistry and kismet, right? So the notion of dating, (laughs) like the actual active process of exploring romantic connections with other people where I actually had to do something where I actually had to go somewhere, where I actually had to put myself in a position to be open to that. What? Who? Me? Y'all know, listen, y'all think I'd be joking when I say like, I don't people. It's not that I don't people. Like, I feel like I have been explaining this a lot this season, (laughs) but it's like, it's like, I'm not antisocial, but I'm selectively social. So it's just not in my nature to go hunting to go seeking because every significant relationship I've ever had they came to me so I'm like isn't that how it works nowadays apparently not (laughs) apparently it does not work that way I I am a serial monogamist and so you know I've had a couple of really long multi-year relationships and I guess while I was in those relationships or while I was off working on myself when those relationships ended Apparently the dating game had changed. Apparently there's like apps now. And, and I didn't realize how the advent of social media really had people like for real hooking up in the DMS, you know, that's something I always just kind of like joke and say when people are trying to be like coy or sneaky or, you know, out on some sneaky link type stuff, but no, like full fledged. I like you. Can we go out type dating relationships were being formed in this digital space And I was not used to any of that. And so having said that, there was another piece of this where I never wanted to be out in these streets. (laughs) You know, I didn't want to be in the quote unquote dating pool. I did not want to be in the throng of individuals who were 
desperately seeking mates or, you know, longing for this or dear future husband. Like I, I did not want to be in that number, (laughs) you know, when, when Jesus come back, you know, I want to be in that number, but I did not want to (laughs) be in the, in the dating pool, in the mix, you know, here I was like this beautiful, educated woman, this compassionate, you know, thought leader, you know, I'm like really hyping myself up. Right. So it's like, what do I, a woman of my quote unquote caliber look like being out actively pursuing these, these entities Or I'm like, you know, well, maybe I'll get hooked up by like a mutual friend, like on some like blind date. And then it's like chemistry and kismet type of stuff. And so, yeah, I just figured that whoever it was, was going to find me. And so I busied myself doing other things. And it took a while. I mean, a long while, like maybe as recently as six, seven months ago for me to acknowledge that I actually did want that kind of relationship. Like, because I I thought that was making a concession, right? It was a compromise. It was a chink in the armor to say that you desire companionship. Like I'm, I'm really thinking this y'all, like this is how like strongly embedded that whole strong black woman motif was like in my in every fiber of my thinking right and so once I acknowledged and so I'm going to encourage those of you who may be in a similar boat whose stories may have also started on the plantation that it's okay to be vulnerable enough with yourself and the Lord to be like hey this is a desire of my heart or hey this is what I've been feeling and do something with this. You know, that was kind of like my prayer. I was like, Lord, what is this? I don't, what is this? I'm like, if this is not supposed to be, then please take these desires out of my heart because, you know, I'm not conjuring this, but like that there it was. And so, you know, it's okay to be vulnerable enough to admit that. Okay. It doesn't make you weak or less than or less of God created us for community. You know, Adam was out here solo dolo and God was like, that brother needs some help. He needs somebody. He got the animals, but that ain't no enough. And so boom, you know, that's, that's kind of like the original blueprint of how it all came to be. So if you are snuffing out parts of your identity, because you think it makes you seem weak or less or whatever to say, Hey, I want to be married. Hey, I want to be booed up. Hey, I need a man. You know, I need somebody to bounce ideas off of a partner or this, that, and the third, like, it's okay to say that. Okay. So once I got to that place, then I really had to start thinking about all those things we talked about in the previous episode. What do I want from him? What was I willing to give? And I had practically abandoned, like once I kind of acknowledged that this was something that I wanted, I still did not pursue it. I'm like, I, I just wouldn't have even known like really where to start, especially like in a pandemic where people are not gathering and there aren't as many social events as there was pre-pandemic. Not to say that people aren't doing stuff now, because I'm sure at this point we've all been to a baby shower, a birthday party or something, but the sheer amount, there's still like a lot of kind of virtual zoomy type things going on. So I really hadn't given this any real thought until maybe the last three, four months of, of last year of 2021 where I literally got spotted. I'm not going to say across a crowded room, but I was spotted working out outdoors. And this dude approached me like, you know, I think you're the woman of my dreams. And I'm thinking to myself, yes, checkmate. I didn't have to get out there. I didn't have to put myself in the throng. This is exactly how it was supposed to happen. 
And 30 days later, I was like, no, you know, what's that TikTok? Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. It just, you know, it wasn't meant to be. And it was pretty evident fairly soon. Even my therapist was like, honey, I was just waiting for you to draw that conclusion because I knew from jump it wasn't going to be nothing. I love my therapist. Love her to death. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was that. And so then I had to make a decision. I'm like, okay, well, is that the end of it? And do I wait to get spotted again? Or do I actually put myself out there? So after many consultations with friends, I was convinced that the easiest way to kind of enter into these waters was like dating app, right? I am not going to tell you which app or apps. I'm not going to name any guilty parties. I will just say, I think it's pretty miraculous that people actually find long-term relationships and spouses out of these apps. I'm sure some of you could probably email me right now like, well, that's how I found my husband. We've been together 10 years and it's been all to the good. Well, praise God, praise God for you. Cause baby, that was not, <laughs> that was not my experience. And here's what I told myself. So I put parameters around this. This is so hilarious to me now. So I'm really <laughs> I'm really going to try to get through the rest of this episode without just busting out laughing. So I put parameters around this because I was like, I dating requires a, a real investment of your time. You got to, you got to engage. You can't show up half hearted. Otherwise it's completely pointless. You know, you kind of got to do it. You got to do it full out. And so that requires a lot for an introvert. That requires a whole lot. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna get us 30 days. You know, these apps are not free. And so it's like, if something don't shake in 30 days, then at least I know I gave it the old college try. And by the old college try, I left myself open. Okay. So I opened myself up in terms of like race, ethnicity, religious background. I was like, do not come in here with these preconceived pre whatever, whatever's. I can honestly say probably the fun part about any of this dating app experience, I would probably say is like developing the profile. Like I literally feel like I could get a second job creating dating app profiles because, oh my gosh, it brings together like my love and desire. It's content creation, right? It's pictures and words. It was like putting together like a, a magazine editorials. I love that part. I'm sorry, I digress. But that that was the that was the one plus, okay? So if you need me to hook you up, brother, sister, call me. You know how to reach me. So I, in that 30 days, I think I went on eight dates. And ooh, ooh. And there were various cultures represented. There were various religions represented. And it wasn't for me because, you know, I, I didn't realize how much of a bubble I've kind of encased myself in. And even pre-pandemic, I just have my routine. I'm laser focused on the things that are in front of me and, and the things that I'm chasing. And I really have not engaged in the world. And I think that maybe because I am who, who I am, I think I kind of operated naively from this place of 
basic human decency, right? Like I have a moral code, I have a set of values. And I thought that those values were kind of like universal, you know, kind of like those brother, fellow man, universal type of of values. But no, 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 that's not the case. That's not the case at all. (laughs) Um, I think I was surprised and maybe I shouldn't have been at how many individuals, how many guys that I encountered on this app were like straight to the physical, right? Like just within maybe the first or second conversation or, you know, somewhere on the first date, some casual mention of that. It was just like, okay, um, I don't know you. We just met. I just laid eyes on you. But apparently things just move at a way different pace or they've had all of these experiences that, and they're just kind of trying to skip to the part where it's like, okay, let's just, you know, cut out all the middleman. I don't have a a long on-ramp. It's either going to work or it's not. And I learned some things through this process. I am, if I had to choose between chemistry and compatibility, I would choose compatibility because even if you have like hot firework type experiences with this individual, if you all can't agree between right and left, up and down, left or right, that constant butting of heads is really going to like tamp out any sort of like chemistry. So, you know, from a practical perspective, compatibility. And I think that it's really special and rare and whoa, when you can find both chemistry and compatibility, because that's like the ideal, right? That's the, that's the the sweet spot, right? And so i learned like, wow, you either have chemistry with people or you don't, you know, there's either a spark or there's not. And I wasn't just running through these, like accepting like randos, like, all right, let me get through like eight, 10 dates. You know, let me like pick through these, like they're like a Sears catalog. Like, no, you know, there were conversations, there was text messages back and forth. Like this is a lot of work in 30 days, y'all. Like if, if there was like some sort of like wager as to whether or not I would have lasted the 30 days, somebody would have won some money because Really, by day 18, I was over it. (laughs) I was so over it. I'm like, this is just too much. Like, it is literally exhausting. And I was like, this whole thing is like overrated. And so ultimately, I ended that experience pretty much swearing to never go wading in those waters ever again. I mean, I could tell you some stories, some hygiene stories, some dirty house stories, just, oof, oof. Okay, but I survived and I was like, you know what? This was really efficient. I'm glad that I didn't go past 30 days. And I pretty much was putting the whole notion of dating back on the shelf. I was going back into my cave because I was like, you know what? Life really hasn't been that stressful these past five years, but these past 30 days has been a bit much. So I think I'm just going to sit this one back out. I'm going to hit the showers. I'm going to, you know, get to the bleachers and just, you know, let's not and say we did, right? I tried. So literally the day that like these apps expired, I ended up in a conversation with somebody that I've known maybe maybe six, seven months. Okay. Just kind of like had like a professional kind of interaction and that sort of thing. And then kind of became like social media friends or what have you. And the day that like these apps expired and that I was completely done with this whole business about 
dating or even the notion thereof, me and this individual ended up in this really great conversation, which turned into more conversations, which turned into dates. And da, 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 I am happily coupled at the moment. So yay, Dr. Shante. But I say all of that to say that I went through the experience and the process that I told you guys about last week, how you really have to spend some time with yourself because you can say, oh, I understand boundaries and I know how to set boundaries, but it's different when you're in the practical experience of interacting with other people as to whether or not that resolve gets tested, those abilities get tested. And so I had to spend a lot of time with myself and really kind of like establish a criteria for what I want. And this is not a list. Okay. So I know people make all these lists and we talked about the list in the last episode, but I was really making a list of like traits. Okay. Like what are three traits that I would be looking for in somebody that I could conceivably date continuously and potentially be in a relationship with. And so the three traits that I was looking for, and these are my traits, these don't have to be your traits, but the three traits that I was looking for was, was this person consistent? Was this person communicative? And was this person considerate? You know, so I felt like as a baseline, as a bare minimum, I'm like, if those three things are in place, then winner, winner, chicken dinner. Okay, we can explore this further. But if those three or one of the three or two out of the three, but not all three were present, then it was it was a hard no for me. And so consistency for me, it's like a lot of times people get excited about things or uh, possibilities or what have you, but then there's no follow through. So consistency was very important to me. Communicative. And so did you have intelligent conversation? Do you send texts that say WYD 10 times a day? Like, you know, what is your conversation what types of questions are you asking if there's going to be any sort of change or disruption in plans? Are you going to communicate that and, and how soon and how much leeway and that sort of thing? So communicative was important and considerate. So for example, if you're going to be late, do I get a phone call? If you need to reschedule, you know, do you leave me high and dry? Like, so all of those types of things. So those were the three criteria that I had established. That was the baseline that I had established. And I will say this, for those of you that are dating, dating is literally a process of, of getting to know. I remember reading an article not too long ago that said that black women don't date, they cling. Like as soon as there's a possibility, people start kind of like digging in for the long term, the long haul, two dates. And it's like, you're already picking out a wedding dress and that sort of thing. And that's, that's not what dating is. That is not, it's an exploration is what it is. <laughs> you know, we go back to our definition. It's an exploration of, of interactions with people for the possibility of a romantic connection. Okay. But it's not a long-term courtship. It's not where, intentions have been expressed and commitments have been made. It's not that dating is a literal getting to know. And I think that sometimes there's a tendency and a desire to rush past that process. And that that process is not to be rushed past. So as I look at how long it has taken to tell my story, I feel so uncomfortable leaving this as a standalone episode, but we are literally like 30 minutes in 
And I have so much great content yet to get to with respect to feedback that I got from women and men that I had polled and also talking about this notion of transactional relationships and kind of the pitfalls of that. So that is what we will talk about on our next episode. On our next episode, we will get into part three. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is a four part series, but it's going to be part three of the dating series. If you have any questions, comments, takeaways, I hope you had a good laugh at my expense. Holla at your girl at Dr. Shante says, and I'll see you all next time.